Why wait until Friday to start your weekend? Go ahead, start right now. You're thirsty now, and 93.7 The Ticket is here to help you stock up. Just in time for the weekend when I like to hit the clubs. Time to broaden your horizons and try some new wine and beer. It's Thirsty Thursday with Kevin Meyer from Meyer's Cork and Bottle. Or whatever the <laughs> whatever the sound. Hey, that, that's a new one. The sound that they one. used we'll to make. make. Well, Connor would always go. <laughs> oh, okay, that's what it was. And then I would go. <laughs> but I, I like it. I mean, you got to keep it now. It's your it's your own. Well, here noise. we are. Here we you are. You got to own the noise. That is Kevin Meyer of Meyer's Cork and Ball. Of course, it is time for Thirsty Thursdays here, usually on the block, but we've extended our own show. So uh, I guess this segment could still be on the block because that's what the open said. But anyways, uh, Nate's in here with me all day uh, as we get through this thing. Again, uh, Strick will be back tomorrow. Uh, Eddie Messel of 10 and 11 with us as well. And you heard Nick Sainert uh, in here. He always likes to jump in for Thirsty Thursdays. Who wouldn't? Kevin Meyer's in here bringing <laughs> Now that he's 21, he can. Yeah, he can that's right. Join We're us. all legal. <laughs> here at the so station. technically it's like on the on the water cooler right? yes or, we're uh, on the water cooler yeah but uh, on the block shaped water cooler i don't know how any of the uh, contracts were, were printed out so we're, we're just doing yeah, whatever yeah, just <laughs> winging it at this point hey dp's out of town let's let's take over <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> sit around and drink all day <laughs> well wait let's we'll let start you, now we'll yeah. let you start relay now. that message to him <laughs> all right you're bringing the drinks, Kevin, <laughs> as you usually do. Uh, what, do we, what do we have here today? Well, I think we ought to do the wine first this time. Okay. Uh, we have some really contrasting styles of, of what's going on here. So we're in our third winter, and I'm sick of it. I want to will spring into existence. So we're doing <laughs> a spring-like wine, and it is a Pinot Grigio from northern Italy. So I'm going to step away from the mic and deliver these here real quick. Okay, yeah, it looks good. I'm looking forward to this one. I'll show it off here on the Starter Heyman video stream. Yeah, I've already spilled on this segment before, so we'll try not to. Yeah, it almost broke the board. (laughs) So uh, this is a Pinot Grigio called Baron Fini, and it's from the Valdighi region, which is the very northern tip of Italy, what they call the Alpine Ring. And, And basically, when you get up into that region, it's very cool. Um, you get sort of a, uh, a long growing season, but it never gets really hot. So the wines are pretty austere. And um, uh, this is a Pinot Grigio, which is the same thing as Pinot Gris and actually grows on the vine red. But when they press the juice, they don't allow the skins to macerate with the juice after the crush. And so it makes a white wine. And uh, wine like this will generally never see any oak it, done in stainless steel. So it's very light, very crisp, very clean. And just kind of a patio pounder. And uh, this is like a quintessential spring type wine. And uh, so I figured I'd bring it into the store and share it with you guys. These are 15 bucks. And, uh, you know, it's it's uh, just going to bring the warm weather to us. This is really good. It doesn't have that, like, heavy wine flavor. Mm-hmm. That, like the reds that you've brought in have had. The, wet, the reds are generally going to be a little bolder. Yeah taste and again that's because of the skin maceration so if you take you could take the darkest purplest grape and press the juice out and generally it'll be relatively clear like this or or at least light pink it's the skins that actually tint the wine red and so that's what gives it its color it also infuses what's called tannin which is essentially the wine's backbone it's it's the skeletal you know um uh structure of the wine it comes from the skins now when you 
remove that or uh, uh, don't allow the skins to macerate, then uh, it creates something very light and, and also something that doesn't have tannin uh, like what you're having right now. So if you drink it nice and cold. Too. Mm-hmm. It's a traditional white wine, though. Is uh, That's from like the green grapes or... It, yeah, so okay. traditional white wines are generally will grow on the vine as white grapes or green grapes. Okay. Um, but this is one of those rare exceptions where um, it's a member of the Pinot family, which is Strick's favorite. And mm-hmm. uh, basically there's five Pinot types. Um, there's the one we were talking about that went in the champagne last week, the Pinot Moignet. Yeah, Strick wants to try that Strick one. He does want to try, try that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then this is Pinot Grigio uh, or Pinot Gris. Again, grows on the vine red. Uh, Pinot Noir grows on the vine red. There's a hybrid grape that's most prolific out of South Africa called Pinotage. And then the only member of the Pinot family that actually grows on the vine as a green grape is um, uh, Pinot Blanc. And, and mm-hmm. mostly you will find that in like the Alsace region in, uh, in France. Uh, but they, they do make Pinot Blanc in other areas too. Hey, Kevin, we have a question on the text line. Do you drink wine chilled or room temperature? I'm assuming it depends what type of wine it is. Bingo. Depends on what type. Uh, whites generally chill. Reds generally room okay. temp. And, and why is that? Um, again, I think because of the tannin that we were just talking about. So when you chill a red wine that has tannin, you put an edge on the wine that doesn't need to be there. It has a softer mouthfeel when it's when it's consumed room temp. Since white wine doesn't have tannin, then um, uh, drinking it chilled is is more appropriate. Now, if you want to get technical, cellar temp is about fifty five, room temp is about sixty, and so a proper serving temp would be about halfway for a red would be about halfway between cellar and room temp. You know, sixty degrees, so slightly cool, but that can be a difficult mark to hit. So uh, I generally just tell people, drink your reds room temp and chill your whites. And are the whites then generally more refreshing with the, with the cool temp too? Cause yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the idea is that, uh, you know, I always say there's a wine for everybody. So we've got sweet stuff. We've got dry stuff. We've got really full bodied, uh, really robust stuff. We've got, you know, everywhere in between. And so, um, temperature and style and taste and sugar content, acid levels, all those things come into play to create uh, the di- diverse structure of what is wine. And so, you know, usually I can find uh, a little something for anyone. That's great stuff. So he is uh, Kevin Meyer of Meyer's Cork and Bottle. We are finishing our Pinot Grigio today. Uh, remind us again, it's a Finney? Yeah, uh, Baron Finney. Baron Finney. Yes, and uh, yeah, Pinot Grigio, the region is called Valdegui, which, like I said, is the very northern uh, border of, of uh Italy and um, it's just right on the Swiss, Switzerland it, Italian border there. So nice, crisp, clean, brings or spring into existence. We're ready. Let's do this. Uh, Kevin, I don't know if this will be a turn on or turn off for people, but nutrition wise, are you going towards a red or a white wine? Well, generally speaking, um, so it depends what kind of nutrition you're talking about. So reds, because again, they have the skin contact or the skin maceration also possess a, a greater number of antioxidants and also something called flavonoids, which strip the fat out of your arteries. So, so it's a good thing. It's a you good should thing. be drinking wine. Red, oh, Love absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and and so red wine is going to have more of that heart-healthy mm-hmm. stuff in it than whites are, again, for the same reason we just talked about, because of the skins mm-hmm. or lack thereof. Now, um, whites generally will be a little less caloric, um, and uh, but... It, then the other thing you have to consider is sugar content. So yeah. a dry wine is the absence of sugar. 
um, which basically means that the yeast is consumed to the sugar and fermented into alcohol. Um, a, uh, a sweeter wine will generally be lower alcohol, higher in sugar content, but it's going to have more carbs and whatnot. So I would say go with a drier wine if you're, you know, and, and if you want sort of your lowest caloric intake, uh, then a, a dry white wine would be the way to go. If you want something more heart healthy, a dry red would be the way to go. Uh, fascinating stuff. As we uh, let's uh, let's move on to our second drink here. As Okey-doke. I'm looking forward to that one as well. And I finished my wine, so I'm ready to talk about <laughs> something else. <laughs> and as we're passing it out here, um, I'll show it again to Ooh. the Sarder Human video stream. What do we got here? This is called Fluffleupagus, and oh. this comes from uh, uh, White Elm right here in good old Lincoln, Nebraska. Smells good. This is a uh, an imperial marshmallow stout. Made with uh, artificial and natural flavors, but it uh, um, kind of looks like motor oil <laughs> yeah. in the glass. But it's got that marshmallow fluff that it's made from, which adds fermentable sugars and also uh, sweetens it up. Uh, but this comes in at a hefty, uh, wow. let's see this here. This is good. 12- <laughs> really good, Kevin. 12% alcohol. Yeah. And is, now I love it. <laughs> this like this, this yeah. may be one of my favorites that you that's brought in. I like the wine. Yeah. <laughs> Count me in. And Mark, bless his heart, brought in some of these uh, molasses cookies. Oh, yeah. Yep, that's bless right. his heart. Have have a molasses cookie <laughs> and then take a sip of this beer and tell me it's not a magical pairing. <laughs> well, maybe just dip it right in. Yeah, you're going for Heck the dip. Yeah. yeah. Do the dip. Yeah. Let me get some co- some of that cookie. Yeah, I know well here, yeah. some of the cookie. <laughs> use, uh, use the beer like milk. Just go ahead and dip it in. I get, Well, I will say... The cookie didn't follow the wine that great, so you got to kind of cleanse your palate. <laughs> but um, so you get that sort of chocolatey marshmallow sweetness, and then the sweetness of the uh, molasses cookie. And it's just kind of a kind of a fun thing. So what if, if you're having a beer like this? What would you say is the best occasion to be drinking something like this? I don't know, man. <laughs> Maybe it's like a dessert. I mean, like yeah, honestly, kind of. It, it basically it, 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 tastes, it, it like tastes like it. it. Yeah. Um, I would say oh, yeah. you're sitting around the fire pit. Mm-hmm. The sun's gone That's down. It's cooled off a little bit. You've got this, you know, sticky, semi-sweet, high ABV beer uh, just to sip on while you're sitting around shooting the breeze mm-hmm. past the guitar, you know. <laughs> Telling campfire, campfire stories. There mm-hmm. you go. That sounds pretty good. And, and uh, can you run through uh, some of the things here again? A bit of a newcomer for the for the beer community. Um, what's what's in what, when you say an imperial? What does that what does that mean? Well, imperial is going to imply a higher alcohol content. Oh, okay. So if you have a regular stout, generally you're probably talking anywhere from like six to eight percent. An imperial stout is going to basically they're introducing more fermentable sugars uh, into the mash bill and. Uh, uh, so the yeast, again, the more sugars it eats, the more alcohol it produces. And so they up that by adding the marshmallow. And so it not only adds some sweetness, but it also uh, ups the ABV. So this is coming in at a hefty 12%, but it doesn't taste boozy. No. And a lot of times you'll see like those barrel-aged stouts that, you know, they've been putting them in whiskey barrels come in at 12%. And that's part of the addition of, you know, the barrels are wet when they put the beer in there. Um, and then they also evaporate down. So... You know, you start with say, say it's a uh, you know a, a fifteen gallon barrel. By the time they they can it or bottle it, it's probably down to fourteen gallons or twelve and a half, and uh, the evaporation concentrates the uh, uh, the liquid, therefore upping the uh, alcohol content. So 
It's uh, this one's coming in at stout twelve percent, but without being stuck in a whiskey barrel. So it's you get all the sweetness without the uh, the boozy factor. Yeah, it is incredibly delicious. Um, I, I'm interested also where they came up with the. I mean, it sounds like Snuffleupagus <laughs> would probably be the where they came up with it. But Fluffleupagus, I mean, it goes along with marshmallows, right? Right. Well, that's the whole point. Is that so? They took the fluff of marshmallow fluff and then made it Fluffleupagus because it's like Snuffleupagus from yeah. Sesame Street. It's imaginary. Some people don't that? know that. Yes, yeah, Snuffleupagus is not real. He's Big Bird's imaginary friend. But this isn't imaginary. It tastes uh, delicious. Yeah. How about the stout portion of the of the name? What is a stout compared? to other beer types sorry i was eating a cookie that's okay yeah <laughs> so a stout is basically where they roast the malts and they roast them really really dark so it creates a really dark beer a, an ale or a lighter beer those uh malts won't be roasted as heavily and so therefore make the color a little bit lighter and by roasting the malts you're going to add some um some chemical compounds that are very similar to those found in chocolate and coffee and uh, spices and things like that so that they will naturally pick up some of those flavors just because of the roasting and then it will also again add some body and then of course the introduction of yeast creates alcohol and carbon dioxide and in this case uh kicks it up to 12 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, percent so, yeah. but damn it tastes good with that cookie you it know does, what i'm saying yeah. i'm like I, i'm having a tough time like i'm having a pavlovian experience where i'm trying to talk and not spit into the microphone at the same time. <laughs> That's all right. That's what we have these mic covers for. There's been a lot of people spitting on these. If it makes you feel any better, uh, <laughs> it probably makes you feel worse. But uh, how uh, is yeah. it? Is it generally the darker? You know, the stouts and the darker beers are more filling. I'm assuming as well. Uh, yeah, I mean they can be. Although you know what's interesting, if you've ever had like a, a Guinness draft stout, yeah, it's you know, it, and it's different. That so they have their their. Regular Guinness Stout, and then they have the Draft Stout. The Draft Stout looks really dark. It also is um, pressured with nitrogen, so it takes on you know that really creamy. Mm -hmm. Well, it's only like four percent alcohol, and it's only like ninety-five calories. Mm. So it looks really dark. It looks really heavy, but it's really not. And so that can sort of fool you. But a a or excuse me, a beer like this is going to be very caloric and it's going to be, mm -hmm. it's rich, it's sweet, it's yeah. sticky, it's uh, but it, boy, it's delicious. I will say, though, you're getting some love on the text line. Uh, texter writes in, dude needs to know a Know Your Booze podcast. Absolutely love learning about this stuff. And I've always said that, too, is like, yeah. there are so many times that you come in and I'll look at something and I'll say, eh, I don't really know about this one. I think it's going to be nasty. And you know your stuff, man. So I, I, I will say, if, if people want... To, to learn more about alcohol, I think you're a great resource, uh, uh, Myers Cork and Bottle. Well, I appreciate that. That's very kind of you to say. It's uh, you know it's been my full time career for over 20 years. You know your stuff. I still still love going to work every day, yeah. and I still learn something new every day. That's the coolest part about my job is that you know you really sort of never get to catalog what it is uh, your knowledge. All you d really do is open doors and that you didn't even know existed before. And so it just is like this endless black hole of, of stuff you can learn. And, and that's the funnest part about what I get to do. So I, I came down a couple weeks ago. I got the grapefruits. I believe we had a grapefruit cider a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I grabbed that. Those are all gone. Um, what's new at the shop? What should I, <laughs> what should I come down and get? I mean, well, first, how much does this, the Fluffleupagus run? Nice. Uh, I'm, I'm you know, surprised I, you got that out. Yeah. That's pretty good. I want to say that there are like, Four bucks a can. Okay. Right around in there. And we you, do, you don't need more than one. Yeah. And, well, shoot. I mean. <laughs> the box definitely doesn't need more oh, than no. one. He's a cheap dude. <laughs> we split this four ways, and that's all I want. You know, yeah. I mean, right, it's right. that rich. Yeah. Um, 
but they do come in four packs, but we have them all singled out in the mix and cool. match. Uh, this wine is fourteen ninety nine on the shelf. And this would be a great Easter wine, too, so hopefully we'll that have some really nice good. weather. It'll go really well with Easter ham. Um, you know, so we're, we're uh, bringing in a whole bunch of stuff for our spring wine sale, which will straddle the Easter holiday. Plus, it's spring beer season, so we're getting in new stuff every day. Um, you know, half the stuff rolling through the door. I'm like, what's that? What's that? What's that? <laughs> like, you know, you, can, you can, can't ever try them all and still be productive, but... Uh, um, it's the the great thing about wine and beer and liquor these days is that there is literally something new every day, and so our shop is never the same twice. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and I always I always like to shout out the sign too. An excellent sign there, Kevin Myers Cork and Bottle. <laughs> I, I mean neon. It. Yeah, it's, it's real neon. It, it's they don't. It? Yeah, they uh, they. It's not LED or anything like that. It's Maybe real. that's why I like it so much. I can't <laughs> put a finger on it, but it always uh, it always gets my attention that's as awesome. I'm headed that way. Uh, he is Kevin Meyer of Myers Cork and Bottle. That'll wrap it up for one of our favorite segments, Thirsty Thursday. Uh, one more shout out here. Corey and Lincoln says Kevin's segment has transcended many shows over the years. I've enjoyed it when the hosts know a little something about drinking alcohol. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we, we're learning little. We're learning. I know very little. <laughs> we can provide the little. Kevin right. provides the information. Uh, that'll wrap it up again for Kevin Meyer and Meyer's Cork and Bottle. We'll be right back. It is time for a shootout with Strick. Strick's not here, but we'll find out a way to give away $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. That's coming up next here on 93.7 The Ticket.